Content warning. The Adventures in Hellworld podcast talks in depth about QAnon, which means we have to talk about all kinds of child abuse and violence against people. Listener discretion advised. Hello, everybody. I am Mike Rains, a.k.a. Poker and Politics, and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Hellworld. This week, I am once again joined by Sarge. Once again, nothing happened this week. Not a single thing. So, oh, here just, we go. Yep, just absolute, just uh, history has ended, as that like saying what goes, I, I suppose. I'm also joined by the mysterious L. Happy belated pet annoyance day, my beautiful babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no yeah. Yes. the time of this recording it is uh july 5th so we just got done liberating ourselves from the uh alien onslaught that was bearing down upon us yeah after our rousing speech we welcomed some people to earth and then uh everybody's pet was properly annoyed by the fucking explosions that you can't explain to them because they don't have human intelligence was it the <laughs> day fox came out and said the second independence day was bad because they didn't get will smith and I'm yeah, I mean, that you. was that certainly didn't help. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, I never saw that movie and I never got the impression that exactly the one thing it was missing was Will Smith, but it was noticeably missing Will Smith. You have <laughs> seen that movie. We watched it for Bingeworthy. Independence Day 2? Yeah. That doesn't sound right. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. You forgot you recorded an hour long podcast about it. I mean, I remember parts of it, but I just assumed it was from the trailer. Like, they're on, like, the moon and like, some stuff. No, we, we recorded a whole episode on it, Doc. How did they beat it? Oh, isn't there, like, some third alien gets involved, and that's how they end up winning? Or is that some other thing I'm thinking about? I honestly don't remember how they, they, they beat it, either. Okay. I think well, they... Good stuff. What an incredible movie. 10 out of 10. <laughs> This is like how the, 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 yeah. Independence Day Two ends with an act, an actual hypnotic pattern that neuralizes you. So that way, it's just like good luck remembering this movie, motherfucker. <laughs> Man, that was great. It was like I haven't seen it. No, I know you have. We talked about and, it, and then you were asked how it ended, and you were like, "I don't know." So the movie is obviously incredibly gripping. Oh, did we both the... lie to each other at the time and say that we watched it when we did not? They no, they blow up. There's a big alien and an even bigger ship, like the size of a continent. And they, oh wait like, a minute, don't they end up like fighting some sort of like kaiju alien in the desert or something? Yes. There's some like nonsense happening in the desert with some sort of like big like walk and talk and alien thing. Okay, that movie's real dumb. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting like flashes of it now, and I hate every. There's like... a there's a weird pandering Chinese woman character that like to get it into the China market. And she does nothing. She's just there and has a couple lines. Well, I, be, I mean, but we do love China. Lord knows oh. we love China. Listen, China, if you're listening. Boy, we do love. Yeah, man, love China. What, what, what American, what American child of our age didn't grow up with some Winnie the Pooh? Am I right? Oh, <laughs> truly the greatest of all icons, Winnie the Pooh. Something that China and the Chinese government, and especially its esteemed leader, all huge fans of. Yes, I'm on. I'm on vacation. <laughs> Uh, this week for my terrestrial job, you know, because I'm not yet a podcast millionaire, so I do have to work like a regular ass human job. Right. And uh, since I'm on vacation and it's hot outside, it's the summer has arrived and my air conditioner is happening. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I've been rocking the Pooh Bear look in my downtime. You know, sometimes a little top, a little top to keep the torso warm, but no bottoms because you know it's nice to feel cool <laughs> and I'm alone in my solo time, rocking it Pooh Bear style. Uh. 
live your best life, Hal. Live your best yeah. life. Now, the, 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 uh, now, for the Patreons, uh, Judah, the apropos of nothing, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you about what we got on offer for this week. <laughs> Wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that be a plot twist? Yeah, we're we're moving from the Patreon to an OnlyFans. We're just going. Win, we're Winnie the Pooh burlesque shoot featuring Al. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> There's a very sad Eeyore at the corner. <laughs> the, the saddest of Eeyores. That sounds yeah. <laughs> this conversation is taking a dark turn. Oh, the dark turns. <laughs> oh man, and, and it's, taking, and it's taking like an unpretentiously dark turn in our like vamping, like the 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 pre boost segment where we prime yeah. the pump. Right, yeah. For the, for the dark and comedically stupid shit that we had to talk about for another I'm hour, hour so, 15 minutes I'm afterwards. still just so flubbing, so you're like, I haven't seen that movie at all. It's like, <laughs> you didn't all... remember it either. Yeah, I didn't remember the ending, but I remember watching it. <laughs> I, like, could you name three actors in it? Uh, uh, Vivica A. Fox. Um, did she come the... back for it? I, d- she I don't did. remember that either. She did. She dies uh, early in the movie, uh, and then um, I remember it felt very much like Pacific Rim. So everything was like plastic and like diverse. In that there was like you know it was like whatever whatever there there was a group shot of people walking towards you or a hanger shot of people working on stuff. There was like an Asian person and a black Jeff, person. Jeff Goldblum and guy who plays Jeff Goldblum's dad. Who okay, has could, you, could you name any of the people that weren't from the first movie? Like, yeah, I could name actors from the first movie. A lot of them. They're all just like nothing actors. Is one, of the Hems- one of the Hemsworths? The, one of the Hemsworths. <laughs> one of the Hemsworths. Hemsworth, comma lesser. Yeah. Like the, the, the lower challenge rating Hemsworth in the Monster Manual. Yeah. It's like the Skarsgård family. But there's like three. Skars- yeah. There's like three levels of Skarsgård. I think there's like Hemsworth, lesser Skarsgård, Skarsgård, the Elder Skarsgård, lesser, as you said. Yeah, uh, I I really enjoy that because uh, I don't know so much about Sarge, but me and L, we knew a couple of brothers, and one of the brothers being known as Lesser was just an endlessly running bit for us. Ugh. Yeah, less, lesser or smaller, you might say. Yes, yes exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but we, we don't want to dime anybody out on the podcast, even no. by their goofy nickname. No, no. So, <laughs> oh, so we'll just refer to them as the small Albanian, <laughs> also known as the small Albanian. <laughs> yes. Oh, 100% accurate. And God, are these jokes exclusively for an audience of two, me and L. Enjoy podcast. Hey, my portmanteau of small baby, and I think plays to a larger audience. That could I be. So. I hope so. I've been revisiting the, the City of Heroes. That's right. The the MMO from 2006, like a real big boy. I'm playing that in the year of our Lord 2023. And uh, small baby, it sounds like a perfectly crobulent hero <laughs> in the City of Heroes world. I almost asked you how Knife Dad is, but I think that was like Champions Online. Uh, that was Champions Online. That was also like a thousand years ago. And yeah. I, I think Champions Online is still going, but at some point it became like a pay to a pay to win hellscape or whatever. Like they really <laughs> mobile gamed it up. So mm. I can't imagine who's still playing it. But the people that are, I mean, yikes! Right? Ugh. 
I, I have a friend who's endlessly telling me about how uh, people are now playing World of Warcraft as a roguelike where you have one life and if you die, you have to delete the character and start with a new one. And I just, I can't even wrap my head around it. And there's like even more brutal forms of it where you can't trade with other people. You can't use the auction house. Any gear you get off drops is all you can wear. And you can only do each dungeon one time. It's just like Do they just call it Kaizo World of Warcraft? Because that's what it sounds like. Only doing dungeons. The the rest of it sounds kind of interesting, but only doing dungeons once doesn't sound fun. I don't know where that trend originated, but the earliest iteration I know of it is in like Mario Brothers levels. Mm. But there's also like the Kaizo Pokemon circuit where people do like like weird like Pokemon Iron Man mode, like one life runs, like no healing with a bunch of other like modifiers on top of it, like Twitch streamers and shit to it. So Kaizo World of Warcraft actually sounds pretty cool, but it's all yeah. honor, you know. So, oh yeah, yeah they they have a app you down you uh, an add on you uh, use, and the app and the add on tells people if you're lying and being deceitful about your hardcore play or not. Like if you break any of the rules, the app like rats you out. Nice. I'm glad that there's a nanny app that you opt sure, into okay. to prove that you're that you're really doing the Kaizo thing. <laughs> I mean, hey, like if at the end of the day it didn't require supporting Blizzard by giving them money. Uh, I might consider doing such a thing just because I like playing classic World of Warcraft in different ways, but I'm not going to pay them for the privilege. No, and I, and I can't be fucked to do any of like the pirate World of Warcraft servers I'm sure exist out there. Whatever. The thing about City Heroes is that it's so free because nobody cares because it's not like the, 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 the real games out up and running. The people who originally did it know about the rogue servers that are just like, yeah, you kind of have our blessings. It's like go nuts. Yeah, you just can't charge for it. It has to be free. Yep. So, and so it is. It's very easy. You download a single thing, you click a button, and it works, just like it would have if you were playing the game back in you know the year of our Lord two thousand and six. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. It's so terribly designed in some ways. It's very charming. I hate it. I love it. Spe- speaking of terribly designed, let's uh, let's get into the bouge. Yes, our terribly designed podcast. Thank you. Thank you for the seg- the the smoothest sandpaper segue that also insults us. But anyways, well, I'll play, I'll play well, this. Yeah, yeah, how, 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 how dare you talk about Twitter? Okay. Yeah. How, dare, right. you, how dare you jump down Sarge's throat? Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sarge was right. I am wrong. You're Boosh, the one who ruined now. it. Now it's like yeah. sandpaper. Boo. <laughs> Boo me. Boosh now. It's time for a light sampling of insanity. Get ready for the Amuse Bouche. Speaking of terribly designed, let's get into the Amuse Bouche and the first item, Twitter. There we oh go. Oh my god, Twitter is uh so our boy Elon broke Twitter again and people are trying to find out why he fucking did this because nothing that he's saying makes any sense cuz Elon apparently was claiming that data scrapers and other sort of pirate uh, bot programs were stealing valuable information from Twitter and that this was just totally unacceptable. So as a result, you, uh, the end user of Twitter who were using it to be online all day and have no life and avoid your family and friends, were now going to be rate limited to only being able to see about 600 tweets a day. And then Twitter would just kick you off because you could be a data scraper and we can't fucking tolerate that shit. So get fucked, bump, num, dum, dum. So I have some information on this and it's like, take it with a, some amount of salt. Uh, it's from a, a computer engineer on TikTok, but he was saying, so most companies, almost all tech companies don't own their own server farms anymore. It doesn't make sense. Hasn't for decades. Obviously Twitter didn't. 
they were not paying their Google bill. Now, that wouldn't be normally be the, the hugest deal because they could just move somewhere else. But it turns out Twitter uses a really old esoteric server stack build. Uh, the guy explained it. He tried to explain it. And he's like, here's the thing. No one uses sets up servers like this anymore. And most people don't know how. So over the weekend and over the long weekend, Twitter sent out emails to all those people they fired. Uh, and anyone who had any knowledge of how to set up a Twitter server stack, how Twitter needs it, and said, please come back. But no one here knows how to set those up anymore because it's old and dumb and no one else learned how. And we fired everyone that did. Please come back. So, uh, I don't think they're going to, and if they do, it, I'm gonna. I would demand to be paid up front. Oh, uh, and it's been, it's it's been it on a bullet wound shit here. I mean, yeah, like whatever the fuck they're doing. So Twitter was broken for me for a day, and then it started working again. But working in quotes because it'd be this weird thing where I would like I would see a tweet that had been quote tweeted by people, and I would click on quote tweets. And it would just be like, nope, you can't read the quote tweets. Sorry, fuck you. And I was reading a lot of people had problems where one day they would not get rate limit exceeded, and then the next day they would. And it was like just kind of a question of what server you were on would yeah. dictate if you got to have Twitter that day or not. And then Elon just started posting a bunch of dumb shit. And then the CEO of Twitter, that lady who is a, a god, I hope you got paid up front. Uh, she posted the most vapid and meaningless thing about, I'm going to explain to you what's going on, but not really. So uh, everything's going great. Twitter's running great. No problems. Sky's the limit. Catch you all later. Uh, everything's good. Now you're back in the loop. And people were just, like what the fuck is any of these people doing? They they don't know what's going on. And Elon made the comment about if you are on Twitter Blue, you get to have like two hours of Twitter a day instead of like twenty minutes. I'm gonna give you like a little extra Twitter for your troubles. Just absolutely incredibly legendary the way this man's destroying the product he paid 44 billion dollars for i mean at the end of the day the the reason behind this has to be like if you just chase it to its source like it just has to be twitter hemorrhaging money in some way right like just just bleeding cash because because all the advertisers pulled out the moment the floodgates were open for anybody to jump on there just be like my my username is the n-word hitler 1488 (laughs) so good yeah he let cat back on advertisers left over 60 percent of their advertisers left and uh i think it was ul who you or or um mike shared like hey elon put these new limits into place and uh it just so happened to coincide with them defaulting on their twitter bill or their google bill for their server farm and it's like what what a weird coinky dink that also, the worst part about it, I put I posted this in one of our group chats the other day, is I hate that Elon Musk keeps making uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the Zuckster, <laughs> look like, look like a good guy. One. Because amidst all of this, uh, the other day, Meta just sort of quietly announced that they are coming out with a Twitter rival. They're just like, hey, you know what we're doing? We're doing Twitter. 
We're doing Twitter and you could use your Instagram login for it. You don't even have to choose a different login. You just have to say, hey, use my Instagram. But it's Twitter instead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So uh, Threads, which is the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, is coming out tomorrow. And uh, some people have pointed out that Blue Sky, which was owned by Jack, the dum-dum who used to own Twitter before Elon gave him infinite money to buy it from him. Jack seems weirdly defensive and apologetic of Elon, and it almost feels yeah, like Jack right? doesn't. It almost feels like Jack doesn't want Blue Sky to get too big and Bigfoot uh, Twitter and crush Elon. Whereas you know Zuck is going to throw money into Threads to try to crush Elon. Do we think there's a chance that Jack like sold out Twitter for huge gobs of cash, assuming that Elon was going to write it almost into the ground and he could buy it back and turn it back around? That's possible. I mean, who knows? But that, that, that would make sense if, like, in this moment, he's starting to get defensive about stuff. Now that like a real competitor is starting to like you know behind the scenes, it's like, oh look, I'm trying to make my own competitor. Don't worry, don't worry, FCC, nothing shady here. And then ah, I got him. The ah, brand is just anyway. so damaged at this point. Like, because if he did do that, it like like bought it back and came in and like. They would just have to crack the whip so hard and continuously to like get it back into an advertiser friendly space because it is really degenerated. Like one of their primary advertisers now is fucking artisan marshmallows that taste like well, shit. Well, I mean, like in a you know, in a world where this was the guy's play, like that's yeah. that's that's why you have your blue sky set up, right? It makes it look like you were trying, but it also just gives you a built in infrastructure to like move in a team of like. Oh, well, we have a team of moderators. They were working for Blue Sky, but now they're just moderating Twitter. And then you just yeah. get to, you're just like, we had all this stuff in place, so we just have to turn it from, like, we just have to, like, integrate it into the Twitter stuff real fast. It'll take a weekend. Twitter will be down for a weekend, and when it pops back up, you can no longer say a slur. Yeah. <laughs> or, or post the entire Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it, so I like threads. We'll see. I mean, it's a little, it's a little too early as of this recording to see how that's going to go, but you know, there are hundreds of millions of people that still use Instagram. And the fact that like all of a sudden overnight, they will have a Twitter alternative that they could just log into from their Instagram login. Seems like that might be the the final nail of the coffin for old Twitter. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. And I don't have any data, but I guarantee (laughs) uh, just from like casual observing, a lot of people have gone back and been using their Instagram more the last week for reasons uh i certainly have i'm one of them yeah well it's it's funny because you're like oh, i'll just go on twitter for stuff and it's like oh you can't use twitter so it's you're people are just looking for a social media platform that's fucking stable at this point not even just yeah not- and honestly back, back when when the twitter stuff first started like really like hitting the fan and people were starting to look at what alternatives were possibly viable i mean everybody like you know i, I wasn't looking into it too hard but the general consensus is like well, the real winner is going to be like Instagram followed by Tumblr. It was mm. just like because Tumblr had that like rocky period where they they fucked themselves and then they tried to unfuck themselves slightly, and it seemed like having a big tweet a big tweeter bleed off might uh, might help stabilize their numbers a bit as well. But everybody was just like, well, yeah, everybody still loves Instagram, you know, so like they'll just they'll just go back to Instagram more. Well, uh, and also with Twitter not paying their Google bills. Uh, I was reading Google has started to pull Twitter off of uh, Google search results. Try and Google 
uh, something that you know, like one of the news, the information sources, God help us, was a tweet or something from Twitter. You're they've somebody reported on Elon Musk's mangled penis. A first yeah. account with photos because it was Twitter, so there's no moderation. You just look at it. You're just not going <laughs> to find it yeah, through just... Google. And it just makes Twitter less and less relevant because Google is just like, all right, you don't want to pay us to like support your host, your stuff like you're a hell site. Anyway, we'll we will do the opposite of uh, scrape data. We will scrub you from our service, the most powerful search engine in the world. Again, Elon Musk is like somehow like he's a weird poison pill that just makes other poison around him seem palatable. It's like, yeah, Google's the good guy. That's right, Elon. You couldn't pick Google. <laughs> you got him. Oh man, it's like like at some point I can't wait for it to just be like, ooh, Elon Musk is really making Apple look great. For that three trillion dollar company. Finally, yeah. somebody somebody sticking up for them. You know, yeah. good old Elon. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be really awesome when Elon just goes like whole hog for Ron DeSantis, and we're all like, man, Donald Trump looking real sharp as a Republican nominee. Best of two choices we got here. Way to go. Elon's going to do it. He's going to make Trump even look, look, become likable. It's just, that's just his magic touch where he is just so toxic and shitty that anything he is compared to becomes palatable and good by comparison to him. It's just. We'll get into DeSantis uh, here a little bit and more here in a moment. But uh, we, we ran a little long talking about Twitter. So let's speed run the next two Boosh items. Uh, first is uh, Return of the Mac. Mac yeah. is apparently free, like on like roaming the countryside, like a drug crazed Bam Margera. Brandon, uh, and I totally remember him. who this is. But for the audience, uh, Mike, tell them who this person is. <laughs> okay, so Allison Mac was part of the Nexium sex cult. Okay, I did she, actually know who who this was in this context. That was the yeah. only Mac I could think of. Yeah, she uh, was basically the right hand woman of Rainier, the guy who ran Nexium and is going to be in jail. For forever, because great he name got... for a cult leader. Yes, like nine out of ten. Hard, hard to beat it, but I can imagine there's probably something got there. Keith like... Yes. <laughs> so he, uh, he, I mean, he's in jail for forever. But she was released from jail after serving two of her three years of her sentence, and QAnon is trying to determine exactly what this is all about because. She was a super important person in Q in the Q drops back in the day because uh, Q claimed that she was naming names, that she was going to bring down Hollywood, that she was potentially going to bring down Washington, D.C. Um, Liz Crokin and the Pizzagate people were like, Nexium is just Nexium is, is never going to go away. It's but the tip of the iceberg that all the arrests and convictions from Nexium are just going to have a cascading effect across all of the elite society. And it's going to just tear down this house of cards <laughs> that is surrounding us. And it's actually turned out that the highest profile person that they cared about, because they didn't care about Rainier because he's a dude and we don't hate men in, in QAnon unless they're Democrats. Um, so yeah, probably not, especially the ones that make like a sex cult. That seems like a pretty Chadley move. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't like it because I hate Chadley bullshit because that to- that sort of toxic masculinity sucks. But if you're one of the people online that love the Chad, like unironically love Chadley behavior, then that sounds like a pretty powerful move. <laughs> Oh yeah, the, the 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 save the children fucking we're all about fighting trafficking and all that stuff. 
they love posting videos of Andrew Tate and talking about how he's being railroaded by the deep state and how unfair his prosecution is. And he's just trying to break people out of the matrix, man. He's just trying to tell people how to actually fight the system. It's like, no, he's a trafficker and a child trafficker. He's literally the thing you claim to hate the most. And there's like, no way, man, he's being framed. It's, this is bullshit. So yeah, of course, if uh, if Rainier had just said the right fucking things during his trial and imprisonment, they would have been on his side. But because Q was going after Allison Mack and all that shit, they were like, oh, this sex cult's a bad one. So boo. Yeah, he, he should have just been like, I see women as they say objects, you know? I do not see them as a people. And they would have been like, oh, man, what an, what an absolute unit. Uh, truly the greatest was, of all human beings. Keith Raniere was weirdly into volleyball. He, <laughs> the, what the fuck is weird about being into volleyball? I love volleyball. Made, Volleyball's sweet. He made <laughs> everyone play volleyball with him. Uh, I mean, I guess. That is sort of a weird... I mean, like, if you're a cult leader, you can't, like, you can't all be sex. You didn't bring he, it up with regular cardio. They have videos of him, like, sitting on the volleyball court, just like, holding court just like it just like throwing his wisdom out to his adoring people that he made play volleyball with him because he really liked volleyball yeah man so he sounds mad involved to me oh hey if i had a cult i'd be making people play katan all day i'd just be like man this is my cult now we're gonna harvest a very important focus cult yes yeah. we're gonna we're gonna harvest some more that's that's what we're gonna I'm be doing to remember here. his other like just absolutely okay like, well I guess, uh, I guess, uh, you know, the the secret world of Allison Mack is uh, is back <laughs> on the video, <laughs> and we'll keep up with the story when and if it develops future, oh, it, like further. Hopefully, she gets a reality show, and QAnon just becomes hyper obsessed with it. That's the only reason why it stays on the air because they're all hate watching it, trying to decode it. It's gonna be so good. I mean, do you, do you feel like if you're any of these like weird, uh, uh, weird QAnon lunatics and you have a charisma score above fourteen that you take your shot because like it's obvious. That- <laughs> She's like an easy mark. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean do, you, I do you think Smallville sees a resurgence? Is it streaming somewhere? <laughs> yeah, I mean, does Netflix ghoulishly pick up the rights to Smallville the way they did to Titanic, now streaming exclusively on Netflix? <laughs> Here's the hoping. I mean, hey, if you're paying $38 a month for Netflix or whatever, you better be getting something these days. You know what I mean? Fuck Netflix. Yeah. What a bunch of clouds. I can't believe people still use it. Insane. Anyway. Uh, next on the Bush agenda, something I I don't know anything about this. Uh, I made a funny name for it, despite that. But uh, I guess we're talking <laughs> cocaine in the White House, Mike. What's up with this cocaine in the White House? Okay, so this just happened a couple days ago, and so there were there's a reporting that there was a quote unquote white powder that was found somewhere in the White House in allegedly in like the official areas where serious people like administrator staff, like the president, all those people were. And they were like, Oh shit, there was Coke and there was white powder. Then it was determined that the white powder was actual cocaine. And this led everyone to start screaming, Oh, Hunter Biden's bringing his blow into the white house. Oh God. Marjorie Taylor Greene was posting about it. Everyone's freaking out. Marjorie Taylor Greene was posting about how it was her blow. (laughs) (laughs) he's not allowed in the white house honestly it could be anybody's blow who in the white house is not on blow like or like you know or or, it would it surprise you if it was just like 
if you were just like, hey, Joe Biden sometimes does cocaine, I'd be like, yeah, I would expect that the president of the United States may sometimes need something to keep him going. <laughs> so, yeah, so she freaked out about it. And all these other people were talking, were screaming and yelling about how we need to have an investigation, how we need to get to the bottom of Hunter Biden smuggling his cocaine into the White House. Pearl clutching bitch. Oh, she, <laughs> she's Richard White. She has definitely done cocaine. <laughs> hey, fucking narc. Yeah, what are you, yeah. a cop? Fucking cop. <laughs> yeah. So after all of this stuff, uh, new reporting has come out stating that the cocaine was found in an area where tourists can visit. Yeah. And fucking that, duh. Right. And this was, <laughs> Upon follow-up investigation, it was discovered that the cocaine was found in Hunter Biden's mouth. So... <laughs> <laughs> it was in a pipe in Hunter Biden's mouth, so that's on us. Uh, we were making funny jokes about it, but yeah, yeah. So the cocaine was actually just found in a public area where it could, literally could have been anybody's. And right now, the main story on like uh, on from the media and from the left left Twitter is that the original story was leaked by Secret Service uh, sources who are not great sources to trust seeing as how we've had shit like during the one six committee when that lady talked about how Trump lunched for the steering wheel and got into a fight with his secret service and he wanted to be driven to the Capitol. The secret service came out. We're like, no, that didn't happen. We don't know what she's talking about that crazy broad. And then a while later it was like, yeah, that probably actually did happen. And no secret service agents are going to go to the one six committee and testify under oath that it didn't happen weird weird that so <laughs> so hypothetically like you and a guy are undetailed and like you know you're not the best of pals and then you're just like rocking a piss and then he looks down at your feet and it's just like what's that and you're just like oh no i've dropped my cocaine <laughs> and then so your only play is to just be like mysterious powder it could be anything let me zip up real quick and we'll uh like call it in or whatever and then it turns out that it's just like, yeah, it could have been anyone's cocaine. I don't know. So wild. <laughs> Man, this publicly accessible area where we do scam people, but we don't search them, like, found some cocaine. How many fucking, like, dorks would you be like, yo, I did cocaine in the White House, just to brag about it? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I, mean, I guess that is that is kind of intense, though, just because it seems like there'd be a lot of people in the White House, like, uh, like you know, tourists. It seems like it would be difficult to peel away from enough other tourists to comfortably be railing coke in the White House bathroom. But, you know, more power to you. Unless you're just doing it off the back of some, like, tourist accessible toilet seat or whatever, in which case, yuck. I don't care if it's the White House. You know, <laughs> probably maybe maybe good. if it was like Abraham, like if it was in the Abraham Lincoln suite, I'd be like, yeah, okay, off the back of the twin seems fine. <laughs> anyway, remember how I said we would get back to talking about DeSantis? Well, it also turns out that we need to talk about uh, Chadley toxic masculine bullshit. See, <laughs> look at the Bush. The Bush has a through line this week. What an incredible time! One uh, fourteen because... made a campaign ad. Dude, like you guys said this to me, and I had to double check with you to see if it was a real thing, like if it was an actual thing, or if you guys had gotten snookered. You insist that it's real, so I believe you. Uh, so what we're talking about is a DeSantis campaign ad uh, that paints him in a rather bizarrely positive light. Meme filled. Uh, for details, light. I'll turn it over to Mike Rains. Mike Rains, uh, how how are they massaging Ron DeSantis for the Republican <laughs> voter? 
Okay, so this uh, ad is from the DeSantis War Room, which was posted all over social media. It opens with Trump holding up an LGBTQ plus flag and showing uh, pro-gay Trump merchandise on his website back when he was running for president in 2016. And him asking some questions, him being asked questions like if... um, Caitlyn Jenner, you wanted to use a bathroom in Trump Tower. She could pick whatever one she wanted. And Trump being like, yeah, that's totally fine with me. And then he was asked if trans if trans women could compete for Miss Universe. And he was okay with that. And then it smash cuts, cuts to DeSantis uh, attacking, like just like being viciously anti-trans and just hating gay people and being just out and proud about his vicious bigotry. And while this is all going on, they play this ridiculous dubstep hard rock beat in it's the background. The, it's the Russian uh, cartoon, like walking music from the meme. Yeah. And there's like, there's uh, f- snap cuts of Giga Chad in it and uh, a do- a- Achilles from Troy with Brad Pitt. And ju- just at-, at one point, DeSantis has turned into a Wojak, which if you're not terminally online and psychotically pilled, you probably don't know what a fucking Wojak is. But but this is who this ad is like reaching out for and trying to connect with is people who understand that culture while also putting on the screen a bunch of things about DeSantis hates gay people. DeSantis signs most aggressive anti-trans bill in the nation. Yeah, I mean, this thing is like stupid in a way that like... It's like if Wonder Shows writers got back and decided to write a like a farce, or, or you know, like, like they decided to lampoon the Ron DeSantis campaign. Uh, it is so so hilarious is it, and it's like composition and its overall messaging. That being said, it is like I mean, we have been saying for a long time that in order for DeSantis to have a chance against Trump, he has to come out and just call Trump like you know like a loser and a coward and a weakling and talk mad shit. Uh, so I don't want to say that I want to give him prompts, but I do want to say that like, this is a move that we've seen coming for a while. Yeah. And the fact that it's finally here and it's taking this form is pretty hilarious. Yeah. It's just that instead of doing it in a very mainstream way where DeSantis just goes at Trump, he did it in this bizarre, like 4chan Nazi posting thing where I feel like if you just did the first half of the ad without the second half of the ad, and like that way, if somebody like questioned you on it, like if somebody was like, Mr. DeSantis, like, you know, what was up with that ad? You could just be like, you know, I'm just asking questions about where Mr. Where, where former President Trump's like, like, you know, affiliations are. I'm just asking questions. You know, I'm not saying anything. I don't have any position on the matter. I'm just saying that Mr. Trump seems to be really interested in the LGBTQIA plus movement. And I don't know how I feel about that, you know, but, but right. instead he's just like, no, and I want to shoot them all dead or whatever. Pew, pew, yeah. I'm not right. Right. In, in the, in the, in the section where we're pumping up DeSantis, we have Patrick Bateman from American Psycho being yeah, put into a right? bunch of it. And it's that like, was you- pretty on the nose. I was like, <laughs> I mean, again, like, it's like, did Tim Heidecker write this? What the fuck is going on? Yeah. It it is so crazy as to almost be beyond parody. Like I also the first time I was like, "Bah, you're not getting me today, TikTok." Like, there's no way this is real. And then like multiple news sources 
like Ron DeSantis's ad was made, looks like it was made by four chainers. And I was like, was that real? That can't possibly be real. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I never have Sergeant L do homework before the podcast, but before we recorded today, I made sure that both of them saw this ad because yeah. it's so bizarre that me trying to describe it is not good enough. It, you you actually have to look at it and be like, "What the fuck were these people thinking?" Just yeah, I mean, they obviously yeah, they're they're obviously just trying to be edgy for. Like they're they're trying to appeal to a young white nationalist demographic with this sort of shit, and yeah. I get that. But again, like a campaign ad has to be for like a wider audience, you know. You got a smash cut away from the Trump talking about the gay and trans stuff into Rod DeSantis talking about traditional family values, not like not having him next to the Giga Chad talking <laughs> and, and, and like fucking Bateman talking about like hating all gay and trans people. <laughs> Yes. You need to massage it, baby. You need to get in there and massage it a little bit. Like (laughs) our boy DeSantis, his team is all over the map. He was too soft before, like Goldilocks. You think Goldilocks. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, DeSantis went literally from ice cold to boiling hot. Like gotta find the medium there, buddy. Gotta find the, the sweet spot where it's just right. Oh my god. Well, at least things look like they're heating and going up to, like, you know, the run-up to the 2024 year of fucking horrors that I'm going to hate every month of. Yep. <laughs> Worse than the last. It's going to suck and I hate it. Oh, oh God. Uh, anyway, think about the, talking about, uh, you know, shit that we suck, that we hate. <laughs> that we suck, that we hate. <laughs> yes. Things that do suck, that we hate. Uh, let's get into our, our incredibly grim news for the week. From the digital headlines to the digital front lines, it's cues in the news. Now, look, there's a lot of blame to go around this week, especially if you're willing to look back into recent history up to about 10 years. There's all sorts of blame to toss around. But the end result is that our fucking conservative ass packed Supreme Court uh, has finally got around to doing some of the stuff that we always knew that they were going to do. And we knew that Roe was going to be just the beginning of it. And it turns out that we were correct. And uh, like the cowards that they are, because they are all a bunch of cowards, we even especially knew this time it was coming because it was right before they got to hide behind their veil of a vacation. It was probably totally not paid for by a billionaire friend of theirs uh, and is totally (laughs) off the books. Just, you know, my billionaire friend wanted me to go to his private island to drink $10,000 class champagne. No big deal. Uh, So let's talk about all of the unpopular Supreme Court decisions that happened uh, over the past uh, weeks since our last recording. Is probably getting walked back. Well, maybe. I don't think so. But it would be nice if there was actually any, I don't know, uh, legal repercussions for creating a fucking fictional story to get it before the Supreme Court. But a way America's legal system works nowadays is you can just lie your ass off in the Supreme Court. If the Supreme Court is okay with that, it's okay. And now we have settled law. It's great. Well, I guess we know which one of the cases that we're starting with. Cause it's like, we had to start with one of them. That seems like the best one to go with. Well, they're both fake, which is really funny, but we'll, I'll start well, with what, the, what is much faker than the other. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we will start with the anti, uh, anti gay discriminatory law that was violating freedom of religion, free speech, blah, blah, blah. Fuck you, you lying sack of shit so this woman who started a company called 303 creative said that she planned on designing websites for weddings she did not she had not done this yet but she was planning on doing it but she was very worried 
because she lives in Colorado and Colorado has a law that prohibits discrimination against uh, LGBTQ plus people if they want to like uh, obtain your services. So this woman was so scared of potentially being in violation of this law that she managed to file a series of lawsuits that got laughed out of various levels of court before it made it its way all the way up to the Supreme Court where they were like, oh, oh, you poor woman. We are we 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 hear your fear of having to make a website for a gay couple's wedding. And we understand that that fear is entirely reasonable, entirely acceptable and is right. And we have now ruled in favor of your fear that you are allowed to. Should you ever open your hypothetical uh, wedding website business, you will be allowed to discriminate against gay people. You will be allowed to not have to make websites. Yeah, for she was gay arguing her case for pre for preemptively getting in trouble for you know discriminating against people based on a like constitutionally protected factor, or at least until recently, because you know yeah. now the Supreme Court is. Like they're just all willy nilly with everything the way that we expected them to. Today we're going to party like it's 1949 again. You know, let's go back yeah. to when when everything was backwards. It'd be great. Yeah, back it's when all, America was great. It's all coming out that that so because this was like dismissed. So the state of Colorado never had a chance to do discovery to discover that that this hadn't even happened. She made up this couple that she was trying to discriminate against. So then her lawyers kept kicking it up to get it up to the Supreme court. Um, and there's a chance they get in trouble and the Supreme courts, uh, I believe it's called a rehearing period. If we're wrong or if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Comedy podcast, <laughs> uh, is one month. So, there's a chance this gets walked back because it's very much uh, beyond fake. It's based on something that didn't happen, and it looks really bad. But this is, uh, a, this is insane precedent to set. Yeah, you could you could argue a case based on a hypothetical situation. Yeah, hypothetical. Like yeah. Uh, no, no, no wonder Google shut down their glass like their, their glass project. You know. Like just the mere fear of being able to like be liable for uh, anything that might be recorded when somebody just has a camera strapped to their face twenty four seven, like the fact that now in the world we live in now you could you could take them to court ahead of time. <laughs> you could just like what is it Minority Report? It's even worse than Minority Report because we don't have psychic kids telling us the future. We would just be <laughs> guessing at the future. It would just be like, hey, this seems like it could go wrong, and I demand that the court hear my case. <laughs> Yeah, and so her lawyers, uh, because they realized what they were doing was this bizarre minority report future site bullshit. They and, and, and they, they realized as it was working that maybe that they were the main characters of the story of Earth. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "Wow, this is so implausible. We have to be pro tags." Yes, <laughs> they so they wedged in an alleged um, request from a quote unquote gay married couple that was grounds for why she had to do what she was doing, and then when someone got a hold of the of the, that information, they actually found this per the person that was named, and they called them up, and that person was like, "No, 
I'm straight. I'm in a marriage with a woman. We have a child. I never requested this website from this person. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know how my name got into a document before the Supreme Court of the United States. This is fucking banana stickers to me. I don't get it. So literally everything that was put into this lawsuit before time was was fictional. This was all a fantasy, and the Supreme Court is no longer ruling as a court. They are now just a parallel legislature away from Congress, but instead of having like the filibuster and elections and things that can actually like tip the apple cart and make it hard to like make rulings, the Supreme Court is now just nine unelected shit heels who can just do whatever they want by fiat. And yeah. they're a co-equal branch of the government. Great. Ta-da. Fuck you, founding fathers, you dumb pieces of shit that didn't see this coming. Yeah. And, you know, like, again, it's one of those things where it's just like, it really seems like that's going to be difficult to change inside of the purviews of our actual legal framework. Yes. It, it seems like in order for the needle to move on that, there would need to be some sort of, I don't want to say revolution. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but let's yeah. just say I am queuing up my finest Les Miserables gear. <sighs> and we're going to, we're going to, practice the old singing voice no that's never are gonna you, happen because are the rest is a baby shit a barricade one breast bared while holding a flag and a rifle yeah oh dude my titty is gonna be out you better believe <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the other uh case that happened here was the student debt forgiveness plan that biden uh signed he used a provision in the heroes act to try to get everybody a ten thousand dollar cut off of their student loan. And because Republicans don't like uh, poor people getting money, that's bad and wrong, unlike PPP loan forgiveness, which is awesome and good because that's for rich people, yeah. they sued to block this. And the Supreme Court again said, you know what? Fuck you, Biden. We're going to just deny you this. Now, what was really interesting about this case was that the Biden administration worked really hard to make sure that nobody had what is legally known as standing for this case, which means you that you have the right to complain about such an event. The, uh, le the legal system has made very clear that standing is super important to get before the Supreme Court. Like Joe Sixpack and Judy Punch Clock can't say, I'm not in favor of my tax money going to those socialists, so I'm going. No, you can't do that. You actually have to be like a company that is in some way being impacted by what's going on here, et cetera, et cetera. And this was in general, what most people were hoping was the only way that the plan would be allowed to stay intact was that the Supreme court would rule against the standing of the people that were filing these lawsuits. And they, for, there were two lawsuits against the student debt relief. And the first one was rejected on standing. The other one was not. And that's how the Supreme court overturned it. They claimed a student debt company in, I believe, Missouri. I could be wrong about this, but don't hold me that. This company was used as the mechanism by which the state got standing to strike back against the uh, student debt forgiveness plan. And the important part of this was that Amy Komen, uh, ACB, Amy Komen Barrett, she literally asked the people petitioning the court as the plaintiff. She was like, so uh, 
why is this student debt company not here on their own behalf? And the petitioners were like, well, they don't have to be here. We are doing the work of the state, so it's all good. And she's like, but but they're the ones you used to get standing. Why are they not here arguing their case on their behalf? Because you have indicated they are the wronged party in this situation. And the guy replied to her and said, it's a state, it's a state political issue, ma'am. Just just uh, calm your calm your jets, broad. Calm down. Don't worry. But don't worry about it, sugar. Mm. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't let our big brain political discussions trouble your little woman mind. We're good here. And the actual reason was because the student debt company was like, we don't want to be a part of this lawsuit. We have no interest in this lawsuit at all. As a matter of fact, one of our studies for how this debt forgiveness act impacts us, one of those studies actually shows we make more money instead of less as a result of it. So it is very possible that we will not be an injured party as a result of the student debt forgiveness. So we wash our hands of this thing, the fucking state that's doing this. They're just using our name. They're just fucking bullshitting this. Fuck all of you. And even after she said these things, ACB ruled in favor of the striking down of this debt. Dude, she was even like, isn't your case bullshit? And the state was like, probably fuck you. And then she's like, I don't care. I'm voting for it. Boom. Maybe you win. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. She was just like, this is all, she, my questions are just kayfabe. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. I'm still on your side. I got your, I got your back, bro. We're good. We're good here. So, yeah. So even the student debt and forgiveness thing was literally just made up so they could just strike it down. It was just a fictional bit of bullshit. The company that was allegedly being uh, injured by Biden's evil, tyrannical communist socialism they didn't want any part of it. They didn't care. This was just Republicans being like, hey, motherfuckers, we're taking $10,000 away from each and every one of you. Woo! And we can do it. We don't give a shit. And it's just, it, I, I, please continue to run on objective evil, Republicans, please. And everyone on Twitter who's like, oh, Biden could have done it if he really wanted to, but he didn't. This is all bullshit. He was just faking us out. Oh, fuck him. Uh, I'll let you know that QAnon and all the right ring, the right wingers, they know who to celebrate for this. Clarence Thomas and the Supreme Court, yeah, and the, and Trump who appointed these justices. It's so funny how you have the hard left blaming Biden, but then the hard right is celebrating Trump and his justices. It's so weird how the blame pie gets distributed in these in these ways instead of just everyone being like, you know, who did this? The Supreme Court. We're fucking corrupt as shit. And don't give like, Trump all the credit. Mitch McConnell helped a lot. Oh, oh yeah, but he, but Mitch, they, they don't, most of these right wingers hate McConnell at this point. They'll never admit that he was the one who architect the Supreme Court because that'd be giving not the God Emperor credit. So fuck that. All right, guys. I, I, I let at the top of the segment say that there was a lot of blame to go around, so we wouldn't start playing the blame game. Because if we Sorry. do, we're going to get all worked up, start pointing fingers. Yeah. And all of them are going to be correct fingers, but then we might get some blowback. Uh, and, you know, uh, I just want to be, let's just be chill, man. You know, let's just be real cool. Yeah, oh, that's me. <laughs> and, and not put any fingers. But unfortunately, like this week, we do have to report on what are some pretty clear, clear cut big dubs for the old QAnon, uh, the old QAnon branch, you know. They're just like, yeah, our, our corrupt Supreme Court card finally paid off. We invested in it over over many turns, and on this turn, it's finally starting to pay big dividends. It's like, oh <laughs> shit, yeah, finally, probably probably should have dipped that one in the bud when we could, but 
Yeah. Uh, you know. Yep. Them's the brakes. Tough times. You fool. You, you ran into my <laughs> trap card. Back to SCOTUS. No. I'm going to take away all your freedoms. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, moving on uh, to a place that even somehow worse than America, the Ukraine. Uh, still in the middle of a war with Russia that seems uh, ceaseless at this point, but uh, some spicy revelation this week, and even I, I, I heard some rumblings about this. According uh, to Russia, Mike, what's going on uh, specifically uh, in the 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 Russian conflict this week? So after blowing up the dam and then blaming each other for it, even though any right-minded person would understand that Russia was the assholes who did this shit, we now have the sticky wicket of the nuclear plant that is inside Ukraine that is basically in in a contested area, or at the very least, Russia does have some foothold in this area where the nuclear plant is located. And over the past week or so, there have been a lot of conversations where both sides are saying, hey, the other side's thinking of blowing up that nuclear plant. And generally speaking, whenever Russia is involved in one of these conversations, you can take the Russian side with, an, with a giant pillar of salt because they're kind of in the business of claiming their enemies are doing the things they're doing. Russia, not exactly the most trustworthy of narrators, but anyways. Also, like, despite the fact that there there can be tactical advantage to doing so, and Russia has historically been into this sort of business, like, typically you don't want to destroy your own land to save your land. Yeah. So, like, destroying a dam and flooding a village, like, or two, that seems disastrous, but, like, it would be a pretty big escalation to go from that move of self-owning for a tactical advantage to like, yeah, let's blow up this nuclear power facility. That sounds sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we don't yeah. want we don't want that power plant, nor do we want the land around it for the next uh, hundred years or more. Yeah, we don't we don't need to do the energy it may be providing, and on top of that, we would like an <laughs> ecological disaster that makes everything else that has happened in this war look like a hilarious little like you know dust up. Yes, exactly. So, and and I've seen the uh, QAnon and the right are posting all kinds of bullshit about how this is the escalation Zelensky's been yearning for to actually bring the West into war and generate World War Three and blah 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 blah. And I've always wondered exactly why the bad guys don't just do the bad thing right away. I mean, this war has been going on for quite a while now. If Zelensky wanted to blow up this nuclear plant, he probably could have, but he didn't. But now that it appears that the Ukrainian counteroffensive may be liberating this area and pushing Russia out of it completely, yeah. <laughs> because of that, he wanted to make sure that he had enough of his men in the area to sacrifice, or like you know, for his tactical play. He's like, destroy the land and a sizable portion of my army. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I Russia am Ozymandias. Wa- Russia just wants everyone to know that in the event. <laughs> That this nuclear power plant that they might lose control of blows up, it will be a false flag by the Ukrainians. It's Ukraine's fault. If this thing blows up, it's Ukraine's fault, not ours. We just want you to know. And everyone's like, why are you saying that? We just want you guys to know. It'll be their fault. If it blows up, it won't be us. And like, all right, well, we weren't worried about that before. Well, we were kind of a little. 
But now we're much more worried about it, and we're looking at you. Did like, I see just... clips floating around of Zelensky addressing the people and just being like, "Yeah, they're like we we found we saw Russia putting bombs on the top of the nuclear plant." So <laughs> just a heads up about that. Yeah, that's that is what Ukraine's reporting is that like Russia is getting ready to do this. Like this is a thing. And Russia, of course, like, oh, no, 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 no. We don't know what you're talking about, buddy. Fuck you. You're lying. We we would never commit an egregious war crime in our yeah. war of uh, genocidal conquest. Never, not once. Just you, you calm down there, buddy. We aren't making it impossible for you to find all the children we stole. And seemingly no one's talking about that. There are documents of all the uh, torture rooms that our mercenaries that turned rogue on us set up. Like, yeah, it's all false flags, guys. Oh, God. <laughs> it's both turtles and false flags all the way down. It's just never. Well, so, so, of course, QAnon obviously thinks that uh, this is horseshit, uh, that they're, they're going to something, something's going to go down and Zelensky is going to pin it on on innocent boy Putin. Also, a soft baby face Putin, right? <laughs> oh, that that innocent little cherub of a man never never did a bad thing in his life. Oh, Vladdy Daddy, truly the greatest of all heroes. And the thing about Putin is just that he is so popular with QAnon and the right that during that during last week's little mini dust up coup thingamajigger, oh man, you could just like see the sweat beating up on everybody's forehead because. Like it's possible in a democracy that your hero will lose an election, but when you have a dictator on your side, it's like, oh man, I got this guy running shit for the next like twenty, thirty years. Everything's gonna be great. And when it looked like there was a chance that Putin might lose control of Russia, there were a lot of people who were like, No, no, you you can't take my other daddy away from me. You took Orange Daddy away from me, but Russia Daddy was supposed to be for forever. And it's just like I love that Zelensky announced, like, hey, we're not going to run any elections while we're in the middle of a war, you know, being invaded by Russia. And Elon tweeted the uh, thinking emoji face to that, uh, like, re the, the reporting of that. And it's like, yeah, you fucking ding dong. Maybe they want continuous leadership during the largest national crisis they've ever faced. They're literally being invaded. I, I'm willing to bet that they do run an election. And <laughs> if they win this war, this massively popular president who got them through this war probably wins in a landslide, maybe even runs unopposed. So right. he's yeah. just being transparent. Yeah. It, it, uh, it, what, the other thing that Elon and others will not bring up is the fact that it is literally in the Ukrainian constitution that you can do that, that the government is allowed to call off elections should we be invaded. And that was probably put in the Ukrainian constitution because the For threat of Russian invasion is omnipresent. They, they, they're just like, our nation exists. And we'll probably have to fight a bloody war to maintain its existence because our neighbor hates us and wants to reclaim us to the, be part of the old Soviet Union. Also, maybe just from like a tactical standpoint, not have all of our civilians congregate in places, you know? Yeah, just a, yeah, just a little. <laughs> like, hey, like, you know, unless it's just like, 
Yeah, place your ballots here. The most secure bomb shelter ever. You have to walk through the subway tunnels to get to it. Like, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's just going to be worth the squeeze. It's going to be like, oh my God, we had 200 people turn out. It was a landslide. It's like, why? Because everybody else is tired of being drone bombed, you know? Yeah. I, I, I saw like this one lunatic who posted some shit about how like Ukraine isn't even a real nation and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, they, they were writing all these things about, how various figures sort of like crafted the identity of Ukraine and all this stuff. And some, and, and, and someone was replying to this. It was just talking about how all nations are fake. All nations are bullshit. And when they posted this it's fucking um, deep, bro. Right. Yeah. But I mean, this, per- when this person was like, this guy was a Ukrainian hero, like, like 100 odd years ago and got like the idea of Ukrainian nationalism going and the the quote tweet to that was, oh, if you think this is really interesting, let me tell you about a decorated British colonel named George Washington. It's just like, yeah, that's this is how this happens. Like people, nations get created and people get lionized as like the founders and the start and the building blocks of those nations. Like the, uh, th- this is just what happens as we draw lines on maps and create territory like. Belgium, fucking bullshit. It was literally just made up as a buffer between France, England, and Germany. Still not allowed to invade Belgium. Still a crime if you go in there and start killing and raping people. Yeah, and you know, it's it's not like uh, it's like anyone is confused about how sometimes nations just spring up and the sort of conflict it can cause. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I could think of one nation that just sort of was created and it's been sort of like in a perpetual war forever. It's crazy. <laughs> oh I, I, get, I can think of a couple nations that sprung up when a much larger nation seemingly collapsed. Uh, so weird. Also, speaking of heroic war hero guy, I mean, at least, uh, you know, if Zelensky gets lionized in that way, that's going to be great for him because his story starts with him being like a stand-up comedian or whatever, right? Yeah. Where, what, a, what an incredible what an incredible trajectory. I hope that Ukraine eventually wins and that Zelensky manages to make it through. And then we'll have like a lot of interesting photo comparisons of him from like three years ago to him now, like three years after fighting a war. And he's just going to like have aged 20 years. He's going to be a, <laughs> he's going to be just like this rugged, unfunny man. <laughs> Oh, QAnon just gets so angry at the bit that he did back when he was a comedian where he would, like, quote-unquote, play a piano with his dick. Oh, they, they they play those clips and get themselves into such a hate froth over it. And it's and, and it just, seriously, guys, it's a bit a comedian was doing. There was nothing to it. and Yeah, they're, they're just pissed off that he's not doing it with a racist puppet, you know? Yeah. Like, if, if there was a racist puppet doing it, they'd be fucking eating that shit up. Oh, yeah, like, exactly. oh my god, I also don't like Arabs, you know, I don't like them. Uh, good work, puppet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also don't like Mexicans. Oh, look at this puppet. It's a pepper. <laughs> Fucking clown shit, dude. Like, that's yeah. all you need to know about conservatives. They still think puppets are funny. Just like straight up. Just the concept of a puppet. They're just like, it's a gas, you know? <laughs> Who doesn't like a puppet? Me. I don't like a puppet. They're fucking boring. <laughs> Like you can't just filter unfunny material through a puppet. Call it good. That's not how it works. It does, and it's also how it, it it doesn't work for close up magic either. That's why comedy magicians usually don't get over. <laughs> oh god! The only thing that was amazing about Jonathan was that he had a career. I'm sorry. Take that. Rest in peace. We're still we're, we're still small, so that's that's still punching up. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Boy. Uh, you, you know who I did run into a bunch when I lived out in Vegas? Carrot Top. And fucking Jesus, that dude was absolutely frighteningly shredded. I mean, he was probably. He also seems like he's just got yeah. like an intense aura. He, he, he was he, he was he was he wasn't that aura y, but he was just when you when you would walk by you, you'd just be like, what the like if the man had any fat on him, you couldn't find it. I mean, he was just literally just this ball of muscle at some ill-defined point from when I saw him on TV and I met him in real life in Vegas. He just decided I'm just going to put on 70 pounds of muscle and just become the Giga Chat. Just it was just like holy shit that's carrot top now what the fuck i mean it's just i love that sarge had my back by reminding the audience that we we can't do anything but punch up because we are nobody yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah and for the record i liked amazing jonathan more than carrot top but but i I mean for the record i saw at least two of the amazing jonathan specials when i was a kid so you know like i'm I'm looking at this with the more critical eye of like an almost 40 year old but like when i was a kid i really like the amazing jonathan but when i was a kid i also really liked gallagher you know <laughs> oh god no yep fucking gallagher oh my god D- dude guy. something about smashing stuff with a hammer really appealed to a 10 year old me oh of course. The same thing with the same thing about like slightly dirty close-up magic i was just yeah. like oh he's like maybe he's like doing like slightly body close-up magic good for him if we went to youtube <laughs> right now and i could find an original gallagher bit where he smashed bumpkins i would probably watch it Dude, and don't you want to know how it works? And then the audience is like, yes, but we know it's a sledgehammer, but also, yes. (laughs) Call and response. (laughs) I just love the fact that that if you're Gallagher, it's just the saddest thing in the world because you go on stage and you do X minutes worth of stand-up and the crowd is giving you like performative laughter to make you feel better about it. But you and they both know at the end of the day it's about smashing the fucking food yeah, in the sledgehammer. Let's get to the fucking monkey. Come on. Right. Yeah. And he had, and he, well, he had that one bit where he was like, you know, like throwing food at like a big map of the US or some shit or like a big canvas or whatever. People just liked it when he got messy. Yes. And like, don't get me wrong, that's like a viable avenue for performance art. That's exactly Blue Band Group's bag, you know? They're a little bit of Stomp and they're a little bit of Gallagher. And they've got blue all over their bodies. And so they look like some sort of weird, like, Smurf man. It's bizarre. But I've seen them twice, and it was, a, it, it was a hoot both times. Also, I have to correct you. You said the saddest thing was that Gallagher stuff. But the saddest thing is his brother, who did the same thing under yeah. the name Gallagher, too. Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. And tried to Just steal. like the, 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 great, the great value version of Gallagher. <laughs> and tried to steal the whole act. And then Gallagher had to, like take his brother to court yeah <laughs> i'm the real gallagher they're, they're both dressed in like they're in like the, the get up and you can't tell which one is which <laughs> you, you've got the gun and you have to choose to finish it Unfortunately, you only have one bullet that's the dilemma yes the, the dilemma is that you want to hit the right one it's that you're done to one bullet and you can't get them to line up properly you're like, ah! <laughs> comedy show anyway let's move on to our mailbag because we have gone wildly off topic Our listeners got questions. We got answers. It's time for Q and A. 
Again, uh, we're still we're below both of the Gallagher's. So yes, still, still punching up, which is very yeah. very humbling for us. Yes, it, the the day we read Exalted Heights of Gallagher Two will be incredible. I remember as a kid seeing that, like in the newspaper, I'd be looking at the ads for the comedy shows, and I'd see Gallagher II, and I would have no idea why that was there. And then I found out, and it was like, oh, wow, that is that is terrible. Holy shit! When we so, have enough juice to like do a call to action to the audience to get like fan art of us like dismissively turning our backs and walking away from a broken and disheartened Gallagher then I will accept that we can no longer make fun of him because at that point we would be punching down <laughs> uh, Amanda Scarlet, Scanlon says uh, have you found an uptick in Q Twitter accounts recently I came across one the other day called Q Mum that had 29,000 followers she basically t- tweets pictures of celebrities and politicians and, and saying they have been executed at Gitmo um, incredible gimmick <laughs> That is just ripping off War Noose, which is a weird misspelling of War Nurse. War Nurse is like an old school QAnon promoter who their whole thing is they just post black and white photos of their enemies and then list the penal code crimes against them. Wait, and so, that, so somebody picked up the ball yes. and just did the same thing? But it, please tell me, is it just spelled N-U-S-E? Yep, N-U-S-E is War Noose. Right. I haven't looked at yet. Incredible. War Noose. Yeah, it's so weird. Oh, it, like I, there was a person recently who got followed by War News, and they were like, "Oh my god, this is such an honor! I've been following them for so long." And it's like, it's like you, you, you have read their Twitter feed, right? It's just literally the same shit over and over and over again of just black and white photos of Obama and Bill Gates and Robert Mueller and all the other people they hate, and then just. This crime, this crime, this crime. This this is why they'll be executed for their crimey crimes. <laughs> yeah, War News has over a hundred thousand followers on Twitter, and War News. Yeah, it's <laughs> I great, don't know why it's still. How did they survive me. the Great Q Purge? They were, but the, Elon brought them back. Oh, Everyone was very God. happy when they brought them back. Yeah. Uh, yep. There's a fo- black and white photo of Hunter Biden and Robert Biden, and they're going to be convicted under penal code 18. Mike, watch USC. out. You're burning through your 600 so fast. Looking at Warner's post. I know. I know. <laughs> they're going to be convicted of treason. Yeah, slow your roll, Mike. You're, you're going too deep. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm going to Elon's going to throttle the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, she decided to up her game this week and posted a bunch of black and white photos of John F. Kennedy before he got murdered, because uh, that's a thing that they are, they want to talk about. Because yeah, anyway, but, for me, it's impossible to tell which one of these idiots that I see all over Twitter now are Q idiots because they've all got blue checks. So I assume they're just some sort of fascist. Yeah, uh, well, and I'm not me... willing to like look into what flavor that is. But if you're willing to pay the toll for the Elon Musk task, and that puts you at the Grimes level of <laughs> shitty person. And I just don't care to know much more about you. And some people oh, are like, no. I, I have a business or whatever, et cetera. Yeah, tough shit. I mean, them's the breaks, you know, free market, yeah. et cetera. You, yeah. you, you, got, you, got, you got a lot of use out of free Twitter. Now Twitter is not free. And you have to decide whether you want to pay for it. And your customers get to have an opinion about where you're spending your money. Yeah. I don't oh, give yeah. a fuck if you're a business or if you're like a public figure or whatever. Like you get to decide whether or not you want to be on Twitter. Yeah, I, I've seen people say things like, well, I, I want to post longer than two minute videos on Twitter. And it's just post a link to your YouTube. There's no there's no reason why you should give Elon money. And you, there's no reason why you should give any of these soulless corporations money. But Elon, again, 
as we said earlier, Elon just makes bad people look good by comparison, which is fucking awful. He is so toxic and shitty. He's just making banal evil look good, which is terrible. Yeah. In a perfect world, we just like we get hands off with Elon for a while and just let him turn Twitter into exactly what he wants it to be, which is e-girls trying to sell their OnlyFans accounts to T-shirt robots. (laughs) Yes. Everybody wins. Right. You know, yes. like every once in a while, some incels go in there to find out some OnlyFans accounts they're interested in and to buy some sweet T-shirts and marshmallows. Don't forget the marshmallows. Yeah. Yep. Marshmallows. Uh, is that a is that a Twitter thing? Yeah. Like one of the last advertisers they have <laughs> left is this like small batch artisanal marshmallows. Uh, oh, so yeah, I, keep, I keep getting like leather knife sheath. <laughs> Yeah, I, I it's get like a them. pretty popular thing I see. <laughs> I get I get artisanal marshmallows, and a a YouTuber I follow ordered them, and they didn't show up for three months, and they tasted like shit. So I was like, <laughs> you know, of course, yeah. But I mean, what was he expecting? They're marshmallows. I mean, come on, yeah. Like I yeah. feel like if you want a marshmallow that's like like the actual platonic ideal of a marshmallow without needing to touch it to a campfire, like it needs to be the freshest possible. <laughs> yeah the idea of delivered marshmallows holy shit like are, are they sending them by drone do they have uh warehouses within uh 200 miles of me where the marshmallow can get get to me in a few hours unless they're cereal drone? marshmallows unless you know to expect a big bag full of stuff yeah like cereal marshmallows. no yeah. she and that was part of her review she was like i am setting up and eating these right now they are as fresh as they can be i just got them today boom Let's get into this. This is the Choco Chip one. And she's like, and they taste terrible. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I just assume all that shit tastes terrible. I mean, we went on our needless magic spoon riff back in the day. <laughs> oh, I'm a magic uh, spoon fan. Yeah. Big fan. So uh, thank you for the question, which has once again viciously derailed us, as they often do. Uh, Pancake Peasant asks, what is the biggest U.S. history fact that surprised you when you learned it? Um, but, 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 but biggest that surprised me. Uh, uh what, what is it? Is it like the Tulsa massacre? Yeah, <laughs> is that 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 Watchmen TV show was based on? Like that was a thing that like I was astonished to hear existed. Uh, I had heard about it before that TV show, but that like it, that reminded me of how insane it was that I needed to like like I needed some other form of pop media to tell me that that was a thing that I never yeah. learned about it in school. That the U.S. Army bombed black people on American soil, like literally, the U.S. Army deployed and bombed uh, a black town. Yeah, that... it was just crazy. Like, I, like the, the hearing about that, I was just like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "In America, like the United States of America, really?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably for me, probably the the myth of Abraham Lincoln. I had a college history course, and yeah, dude, I used to think that Abraham Lincoln was real too. Fucking crazy. <laughs> uh... Like, the Emancipation Proclamation is two pages, not just one, and all the slaves were not, like, freed all at once, nor were they just straight up freed. Uh, There was actually a town where the Union went back, a Union army went in and be like, no, you have to go back to being slaves. Um, And Abraham Lincoln, as we know him now, the idea came about, about during World War II when we needed propaganda and heroes, so... Yeah, the myth of Abraham Lincoln and American exceptionalism. That that kind of, like, blew my mind a little. Uh, I think my mine's a little more subtle, but I think my favorite 
surprising bit of history was that the Boston Tea Party was actually started because the British were bringing tea in that was undercutting the prices of the American tea smugglers. Mm. And that we were not, the, the Tea Party was not because of the like the Tea Act and because of taxes on tea. It was because the British government was now attempting to compete with the Americans in that market and the tea smuggling groups the people were like, these fucking assholes are trying to sell tea cheaper than us. Nope. Get on those boats and throw that cheap tea overboard. Fuck them. We're keeping our tea profits for ourselves. Assholes. Fuck that Royal crown shit. Get it yeah, out of here. Yes. Yeah, so literally the Boston tea party was of uh, an attack against uh competition in the market it was literal anti-capitalism it was not some oh they're bringing they're gonna bring their overpriced tea in and make us buy it and we can't no 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 no. everyone was smuggling shit back then like the whole reason why that shit boiled over into actual shooting and then the fucking revolutionary war was because this kind of mickey mouse little uh defiance of the british crown was happening all the time and then when the the brits were trying to like reinstitute control the americans would be like no like fuck you you're three thousand miles away from us you don't know what you're doing you're not able to run this place correctly and it just that kind of stuff but the idea that brave patriots were trying to overcome regressive taxation in this situation is not at all true it is literally just Hey, we wanted to make that money. Now the British are trying to make that money. Fuck them. They ain't getting the money. They're at those assholes. So that in the other thing is not so much that it's surprising, but I just love the way America views the Revolutionary War because it is just what Sarge said about the myth of Abraham Lincoln. The myth of the American Revolution is so ridiculous compared oh, to what yeah. actually happened. Which is, we were being supplied black market gunpowder by the French for most of the war. And then when the British stepped on their own dicks and got themselves defeated at Saratoga, the French were like, fuck it. We ain't going to do black market fucking gunpowder anymore. We're just going to openly declare war on Britain and fuck with them. And basically, the French then carried our asses to victory. And then X number of years later, we decided... You know who won independence all by themselves? Us, America. We oh, yeah. did that. And it's Weird. like, no. <laughs> In no fucking way did America stand up to Britain and defeat them. We were just France's puppet, and that's how we won. But, hey, if you want to try to fucking... Um, well, that, that and being impossibly far away. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Being yeah. impossibly far away was... was so a, the, pow- the power of just being like, hey, if, we, if we've rattled your cage, we'll hear from you in six months or whatever, you know? <laughs> Yep. Yeah. 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 Andrew Jackson's uh, political career was created in the War of 1812 and the Battle of New Orleans, where he slaughtered the shit out of the British and suffered almost no casualties of his own. And a couple weeks after that battle, the boats arrived at shore and we're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we declared peace like a couple months ago. I hope nothing terrible happened. I hope not like a thousand British people got slaughtered in a battle that didn't matter because peace had already been declared. Oh no! Oh no! So, yeah, so, yeah. Even in 1812, the distance was too great for there to be any level of rapid communication between the two sides. So yeah, tree of liberty, man, tree of liberty. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't um, tread on me. 
And our final two questions are kind of uh, the same, so I'm just going to put them both together, which is A, Cleodora Silvestri, the Hellworld Grand Inquisitor, asks, how long do you think Trump has left to live before the inevitable Taco Bowl coronary delivers him to the reddest of all places? And uh, Clutch Zero asks, if Trump died of natural causes next week, what percentage of Q folks do you estimate would subscribe to each theory? One, he was assassinated. Two, he faked his death. Three, he faked his death after an assassination attempt, or four, other. Oh, boy. That, that's a tough one. I've got <laughs> two years on the Trump death pool. Uh, he's looking real rough. Uh, and I'm going to give him seven. He's still possibly, like, he's wealthy, which is unfortunate. It's a pretty big force multiplier. Mm. <laughs> As for the other thing, I would say nearly 100% assassination. Nearly 100%. They would just be like, my God. They got him. Yeah, faked his death comes later down the road. Uh, assassination into martyrdom. Yeah, I gotta go with L, like 90%. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah, if he dies, the amount of vitriol and anger that will come about from his death will make it 100% an assassination. Oh, and And... and the, the idea that he is still alive will only come much later when people need hope. Because in the moment, they'll need anger. They'll need rage. And they'll need a thing, a reason why to hate their enemies. So the idea of Trump just having a heart attack or a stroke and dying will be unacceptable. He will have been hit with a CIA heart attack gun or whatever in order to uh, make, that plot, make that good for them. And... What will be really interesting about that will be the whole how many of the Republican Party actually fall in line with that shit because they've managed to pander to a lot of QAnon shit a lot of the time. The mainstream Republican Party has become so uh, conspiracy theory orientated and nutso that it's really hard to figure out where where rationality actually begins. So if Trump just kicks the bucket tomorrow. How many of them are like, oh, we've lost a great patriot and a brave man? And how many of them are like, I want an investigation into Joe Biden and what he did to poor <laughs> Donald Trump? Like, they're going to impeach Donald. They're going to impeach Joe Biden because Donald Trump had a heart attack. That's what. That's where we're going to go. That's where. That's that's going to be politics in the, in, the, in the year of our Lord, twenty twenty three. I still love the the more calls for investigation to Hunter Biden, and it's like he plead. Still, he pleaded guilty. Yeah. Well, yeah, but apparently he was smoking crack while driving down the freeway or whatever. And I looked at those pictures and now it's just like, who cares? I mean, yeah. like, who who cares if this is? And it's just like, yeah, okay, if if you've got these smoking gun photos, then like, yeah, sure thing. I mean, lock him up. Who cares? I don't give a fuck about Hunter Biden. Fuck him, lock yeah. him up. Who He's cares? not in the administration like all of Trump's kids. Right. Hunter, Hunter Biden isn't telling uh, fucking Joe Biden to bomb Syria the way uh, Ivanka told Trump to throw some missiles in there and made Alex Jones cry. I mean, yeah, dude, you just get just get in there with some missiles into Syria. No big deal. <laughs> I just uh, as for how long Trump's going to live, it's really tough to say because both Sarge and L are right that on the one hand Trump looks fucking terrible and he's degrading, but on the other hand. There is so much invested in getting this man over the finish line for whatever it is he's doing because they want to keep him around because he's a politically useful tool. That you're trying to tell me that he's not on adrenochrome? Get out of here! <laughs> oh, He'll be on God. as much fucking chrome as they can pump into his body, you know. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, anything they can keep him going, they're going to do it because uh, he is the Republican Party at this point. I mean, we've again, we've, we've seen what Ron DeSantis wants, and that's to appeal to fucking Nazis on 4chan. That's not not great. But Trump's uh, Trump's post life uh, sort of what he'll become, the martyrdom, the, the specter. I was, I mean, I was a kid and there was fucking like the photos of JFK that had survived the assassination and visiting Jackie's gravesite and shit like that. So yeah, the, the post assassination survival of Trump will come about, but for the first half year, I'd say or so be mostly sadness with a few people every now and then going, Hey, wait a minute, check the earlobes on Trump in the coffin. I, I, they're, Something ain't adding up. The, the earlobe, the earlobe truthers will be out there. They'll be, they'll be trying to put two and two together to prove that it ain't really Trump in the coffin. So, it's, they're going to use their lobe phrenology to figure that out. Yes. Oh God, I love the earlobe truthers. Truly, the greatest of all human beings. So that brings us to our final question. As always, what are you guys looking forward to? Oh boy. Um. Uh, we're still too out to say the Barbie movie. Uh, we're still too early to say the Barbie movie. I'll give um, us already time to think, and I'll say that I'm going to give up my thing I'm excited for to get a secret boosh topic in here, because I forgot to talk about it earlier. I just finished the second episode of that Secret Invasion show, which I barely can be bothered to give a fuck about. Like I'm on vacation this week, and that's the only reason that I'm watching any of it. And two episodes in it, I'm just like, man. This is the most fascist show I've ever seen in my life. Like QAnon must love this show. They <laughs> they would got to they would have to be all over themselves at this fucking show <laughs> because it's about like a heroic American super spy waging like a one man war against an invading alien force of refugees who are super evil. At least the 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 ones that we're going after, and are in fact doing false flag operations across the world, uh, and uh, like our heroic, uh, you know, representative of Earth, who also happens to be just an American guy, <laughs> has to save us from these angry refugees that are like daring to try. They're just like, hey, you know. You you said you would find us a place to relocate by now, and you have it. So we're just like, why don't we? Why don't you just let us live on your planet? And they're just like, absolutely not. <laughs> and they're just like, okay, well, in that case, we're super evil now. We're bombing Moscow, and like yeah. we're killing everyone. And I'm just like, wow, what a, what an incredibly fascist leading show. This is crazy. You're looking forward to more of it. Uh, no, not so much. But I mean, I, I probably will continue to watch it. Well, there's one more episode out this week, I believe, as of today. So, like, imagine my surprise when I went to get caught up on it and I watched it as the second episode as I was chuckling to myself over how, like, crazy it was. The fact that the, 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 the angry refugees invading the foreign place really did do a false flag, I was like, oh, man. And they said they call it out, too. It's like, this has got false flag written all over it, you know? I was like, oh, my God. Uh but so then imagine my surprise when it went to automatically play another episode. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, honey. No, 40 minutes of this is about like it's <laughs> I was like, we'll catch you maybe later. Uh, anyway, so yeah. Uh-huh. So I, the, I I guess the thing I'm excited for is uh, <laughs> the the thrilling 
uh, not conclusion, the thrilling middle of this wildly, uh, wildly crazy show. I don't know, man. It's so hard to care about the Marvel stuff anymore. <laughs> uh, I... Samuel L. Jackson seems like he's trying. He's trying his little ass off, but I mean, come off it. <laughs> I guess I'm excited to finally watch Oshinoko. I found out what it's actually about, and I'm much more excited about it. It's an anime. It's all out, or the first season is anyway, so I'm just going to binge it here at some point, and I'm excited. You're a braver man than I am. Yeah. I heard what it was about, then I found out what it was really about, and I couldn't get over what it was actually about. You know what I mean? Like, the stuff that's on the screen. The, like, I don't want to watch any show about a 10-year-old idol girl. No. Uh, not not my cup of tea, thank you. I, I don't feel like Japan has earned that level of trust with me, you know? <laughs> She's not 10. She's mad young, isn't she? What? No, the... It, it's about... the This idol has twins, and then she gets murdered, and the, the doctor and the... Uh, yeah, they're like reincarnated into the twins or whatever, right? Yeah, the doctor and the cancer patient that he couldn't save are reincarnated to the twins. Yeah, and, how old are the twins? Uh, after the time jump, they're in uh, high school. Oh, okay. Uh, I did not know there was a time jump, but that, that that does make it slightly more palatable. But just looking at that show, I mean, everybody was crowing about it, and I was just like, yeah, nah, nah, I'm good. <laughs> But I am glad that it's not a creepy show about a ten-year-old idol girl because that was the that was the vibe I got off of it from everything that everyone had had said about uh, the description of the plot. So it makes it unfortunate. It's probably one of those shows that you have to be like, well, like the real plot is like something else, and it's just like, yeah, well, I don't know. I got a vibe off of it that I was like, this seems creepy. I don't want to watch this. Yeah, <laughs> it's a long slow burn murder mystery. <sighs> Well, uh, I am, I guess, looking forward to, question mark, um, the fact that I'm going to go see The Sound of Freedom tonight for free, thanks to the lunatics who are trying to prop this movie up. Uh, This is the Jim Caviezel human trafficking movie, which is apparently going to be dog shit because it's not actually about adrenochrome and child organ harvesting and stuff. It's just a mainstream anti-child trafficking movie that's going to have high production values and be adequate. But apparently at the end of the movie, Jim Caviezel gives a long speech about how we're fighting a great evil and we must be vigilant and God, Jesus, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. The end which uh, that's not the movie I want to see for free. I wanted to see Adrenochrome. I wanted to see all their fucking harebrained bullshit for the world to see it. And uh, QAnon has been posting about how I went to see it and everyone in the theater cried and it was so touching and blah, blah, blah. And I don't believe them. But uh, when I looked at my uh, theater, when I got my free tickets, supposedly it's going to be jam-packed. So nice. I'm going uh, to have the um, me and Arizona Right Wing Watch are both going to see the movie. We're going to do a review on our uh, our, our pod uh, uh, this week, probably. And uh, she has been saying that she has not been able to find a theater and that theaters that have been showing the movie have been empty as fuck. So we don't know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's all going to be a hoot and a holler because I do enjoy hate watching dumb, weird shit like this. But I am depressed that this is kind of uh, a glossy mainstream thing. This 
this is uh, DeSantis finding the right level of porridge because this movie isn't going to go into crazy town, apparently. Even though Jim Caviezel himself is aggressively in crazy town, maybe the next movie that he is the producer of outright is just going to have the adrenochrome scene in it that I'm yearning for. But we'll see. So uh, that's that's where I'm at, which is not a great place to be. But, hey, that's my life. Yeah, well, well, I mean, I could feel the excitement rating off of you. I was just like, oh my god, it's like a roller coaster, and it's like a dark ride roller coaster. It's like a space mountain. I'm so excited. But you know, it is what it is. Sometimes you have to take one for the team, and also we all know that Mike Rain secretly hopes that he's going to get into a shouting indoor fist fight with one of the clouds at this thing, regardless of what movie they're screening. He just he just wants to go there and yell at someone's face about the rock about something. Oh, that's my life. It's all I exist for. Is oh, just yeah. I mean, God, don't I know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the number of times L's pulled me away from people, literally in the hundreds. So on that note, uh, it is time for us to wrap up the show. And uh, you know what? So Sarge and I are going to dramatically watch Mike wander into the distance, ready to, to scrap with anyone who may get in his way, like so much Fist of the North Star. And Mike's kind of like a huge silhouette while Sarge and I just sort of look at him and are just like, Yeah. And uh, that's how we're heading out this week. Thank you so much for supporting the show. If you'd like to continue to support the show for free, you can do so by giving us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast from. If you have money and you want to give it to us, we will take it. Lord knows we will take it. You can give it to us by visiting patreon.com slash pokerpolitics, where you can donate anything uh, $2 and above. If you donate $5 or more per month, you get access to any bonus content that we have produced and will produce in the future. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff on there, including all of us taking uh, taking the piss out of some Q-pop media. Uh, those series are especially fun. What We Do Out of Shadows, Mules Errand, Cabalin! Uh, so yeah, check those out if you're one of our $5 and above beautiful or babies. Uh, we appreciate Ollie is in the crib. So, if you have money and you don't want to give it to us dickheads, you can do some good with it by donating it to love146.org. They're a charity organization whose vision is the end of child trafficking and exploitation. Thanks, as always, to DJ Minimal Effort for use of our intro song, They Are Wise and Not on Social Media. Uh, what a wise sensei. We should all aspire to be more like DJ Minimal Effort. Uh, but slumming it in on social media with us is our buddy Frosty, who you can find at FrostyVO. Frosty, of course, supplies all of our voice work. The voice of Q, our bumps, etc. Anything we need, Frosty has us covered. Uh, at least for the time being, while Elon Musk rides it into a flaming crater in the internet ground, uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Hellworld with a Q instead of an O. I'm on Twitter at HellworldL with Hellworld spelled the same way. Sarge is at Sergeant Hell, and Mike Rains is, of course, at Poker Politics. So, for another successful episode of the Adventures in Hellworld podcast, I have been one of your hosts, the mysterious L. Joined as always by the enigmatic Sarge and our expert in all things QAnon crazy, Mr. Mike Rains. Good speed, Patriots.